0: Welcome to the Duke's Vote podcast by the James Madison Center for Civic Engagement, the podcast for JMU students seeking to learn more about civic engagement, our campus, and what it means to be a civically engaged member of our college community. I'm Leah Surabell, a junior anthropology major and fellow for the Madison Center for Civic Engagement.
1: And I'm Alex Donlin, a senior international relations major and fellow for the Madison Center. Today we will be discussing the Faculty Senate, a deliberative body on campus.
0: To answer some of the questions that we had about Faculty Senate, we reached out to a few Senators. Throughout the episode, you'll hear some comments from doctor Lang Lange-Regal and Dr. Chamberlain. Now let's get into it. Most students likely don't even know that we have a Faculty Senate, which is why we're talking about it today. The Faculty Senate affects the student experience just like every other deliberative body on campus. Here's how doctor Lang Lange-Regal puts this.
2: It could be more or less direct for students. Everything, I guess, is gonna, is gonna affect students, right, in the way that the university is functioning. So some of the issues in the Faculty Senate are, are really about maybe faculty workloads um, or giving support for adjunct professors who are, are um, part-time usually professors and are paid a lot less than other professors with a lot less job stability. I think we all know that this affects students in a lot of ways. And um, and this is always a big motivation for us to improve um, faculty working conditions and and support for faculty and their teaching and research and service because um, we know that it will impact the way we teach and the way what we can do for our students and how much we can be there for them, you know, in that way. So um, we want what's
0: best for faculty because we know that that's also best for students. Faculty Senate website information can be found on the JMU website at jmu.edu faculty with links to their constitution, bylaws, roster, and all other information you would need, which is what we used to build this episode.
1: The purpose of the Faculty Senate is pretty self-explanatory. Their mission statement reads, to represent the faculty in the consideration of all policies that affect the academic climate and direction of the institution.
0: Here's how Dr. Chamberlain interprets this mission
3: ideally we play a role in the shared governance of the university and are centrally involved in all major decisions about the university including everything from curricular oversight to budgetary recommendations to policy changes to faculty salaries it doesn't usually play out that way Uh, professors are very busy and tend to wait to shout out loud until something really bothers them Uh, Recent Senate motions about things like faculty centrality and hiring new faculty and transparency of administrative budgetary decisions uh, are examples of that.
1: It lists its key functions as offering suggestions to the vice president for academic affairs and for administration and finance, offering recommendations on issues concerning academic policy, participating in university-wide curricular oversight, and working with the Office of the Provost and Senior Vice President for Academic Affairs to maintain policies and procedures by which the faculty will be involved in the evaluation of academic administrators.
0: Now, how does Faculty Senate fulfill these duties?
1: Faculty Senate meets as a body once a month, the first Thursday of every fall semester month and every last Thursday of each month during the spring semester. Following public meeting laws of the Commonwealth, which indicate what it means to hold a public meeting,
0: The times and locations of all of these meetings are posted on the Faculty Senate website too. They keep Robert's Rules of Order, which are a standard set of practices for a public governing body, such as this one or Student Senate. This includes things like types of motions, saying yay or nay, and rules of conduct in this body.
1: Membership in the Faculty Senate is organized through academic units. At the beginning of each semester, the provost sends out a list of nominations to each academic unit who vote on a representative to serve on the Faculty Senate representing that department. Majority of two-thirds is needed for a representative to be elected. Term lengths for elected members is two years, and no member can serve for more than six years consecutively. Officers are also elected, including Speaker of the Senate, Speaker pro tempore, and Secretary, um, who each carry out essential functions to the
0: Senate. Now, the Senate itself is broken into committees of elected members that control a certain aspect of their decision-making. First, the steering committee is made up of the speaker, the speaker pro tempore, the secretary, and the treasurer, and the chairs of all standing committees, including for part-time faculty. Under the steering committee, there are seven committees, including the Adjunct Affairs Committee, Budget, Compensation, and Government Relations Committee, the Faculty Appeals Committee, Committee on Academic Policies, Student Relations Committee, Faculty Concerns Committee, and the Nominations and Elections Committee. Each committee advocates for and recommends all actions relating to their area of interest. And this is where Dr. Lang-Regal notes some direct input by students is made. One of the committees that's always been there
2: is um, called Student Relations, so I'm sure you've heard of it. And the Student Relations Committee um, has about six senators on it with a chair. Um, and they meet several times a semester to kind of just see what issues are important to students at the time. Uh, This is where the student um, government representative would come and there is always one student government um, representative um, who attends usually the senate meetings and so comes to all the senate meetings, they they don't have a vote but they can always speak out and bring up issues and, and give their opinion and everything like that. Um, they And so the student government, the SGA representative often comes to the student relation meetings or at least liaisons with them to bring new issues to the attention of the faculty serving on that committee.
1: Now for the Senate to pass an amendment or resolution.
0: Actually, let's quickly go over what exactly a resolution is and why it's different than an amendment. An amendment, like amendments to the United States Constitution affects the Faculty Senate bylaws and constitution. Resolutions refer to everything else that they do. What's most important to remember here is, is that this body does not necessarily vote on rules of law that are immediately enforced, but, but provides recommendations and expresses the perspectives of faculty on our campus to the audience of these resolutions. This can be administration, students, individuals, Joe Biden, anyone. Most of the time though, it usually involves recommendations to the administration or departments on campus.
2: And we don't necessarily have make the final decision on many things but um at least with the senate we can express and and have a systematic way of representing uh faculty you know desires and wills and and what we
0: want and what we don't want so alex what does it take to pass a resolution
2: thanks
1: for the explanation it requires a two-thirds vote from all voting members of the senate If this number is met, then the resolution or amendment is passed. However, the effort for the Faculty Senate does not end here. After a movement is made, the Speaker of the Senate will assign responsibility of it to a member of the Senate. This member will, from here on out, be responsible for keeping tabs on the movement and updating the rest of the Senate on its effects and may even propose changes to it if deemed fit. At the beginning of each academic year, the Speaker will review all unresolved motions
0: and reassign responsibility if needed. Here's Dr. Chamberlain describing what usual senate entails.
3: The motions might be quite important uh, but they're usually squeezed into the last half hour or so of a senate meeting. Uh, the first hour of which is usually filled with lengthy reports from people like the speaker and the provost and the heads of all the various subcommittees. Uh, so something will be introduced one month, maybe debated the next month, uh, maybe amended and voted on in the following month.
0: To close out this episode, we asked Dr. Chamberlain and Dr. Lang-Regal to reflect on what they wish students knew about Faculty Senate, and maybe one initiative that they wish students knew more about. Here are their responses.
3: So how does the Faculty Senate impact the student experience? Uh, It should impact it much more than it does. Uh, which is not to say that uh, faculty are not deeply concerned about the student experience at JMU. Uh, they are. Um, the faculty take up almost constantly uh, major questions of student well wellbeing, uh, student diversity, student concerns related to things like sexual abuse and racial hostility. A lot of this gets discussed outside the Senate. Uh, and faculty uh, do do the great bulk of advising at JMU. So that is is a significant amount of of effort we spend on helping students not only learn, but navigate the the university uh, universe. Faculty senators have introduced and advanced lots of initiatives about uh, issues recently, including calling for improvement of campus-wide mental health resources, uh, supporting students who are also parents and caregivers, supporting reform surrounding sexual assault and harassment experienced by students, upgrading the Office of Disability Services, and and much more. Uh, one thing that the Faculty Senate has done that, that I would like students to know is that uh... In addition to some of the motions just mentioned, uh, we just voted almost unanimously to donate most of our budget from faculty dues, uh, which is in the neighborhood of $10,000, to support the JMU uh, Food Pantry and uh, directly aid uh, students at JMU who are dealing with food insecurity issues.
2: And every year we donate um, several thousand dollars to student Um, kind of purposes. Um, Usually in the past it's been scholarships for students, different student groups. Um, This year we have voted to uh, give $10,000 to the pantry, which is a food pantry, um, with the purpose of meeting students basic needs. And so the money we generate um, in our dues, so faculty pay five dollar dues each year, um, so if each faculty member pays five dollars dues, that's why we have several thousand dollars in our in our funds. We use our funds also um, for bereavement, um, so to show bereavement when a faculty member loses someone in their family, they die, so we give them um, a show of support for that moment, and that's also what our dues are used for, but we have noticed lately in years that we have a huge surplus, and so we want that to do something good for the students. So this year it's going to the pantry. Um, Also in the last year, we've, uh, the Faculty Senate has worked on, and I actually, I worked on this in a committee in the past, um, but including requiring um, a DEI statement on syllabi. So that was recent, Um, we amended, we amended that statement, but, um, but that was something we felt, uh, that was actually brought to us by student government association, um, wanting to have, a, a just kind of a more, um, regular or just basically, yeah, kind of not, not requiring, but making sure that all faculty are expressing that, that students, um, from diverse backgrounds, um, are welcome in their classroom. And so um, the Faculty Senate worked on that, came up with a statement. We worked with an SGA representative um, to come up with a statement that was, um, kind of met what they wanted. And so we made a diversity or now it's called a DEI statement. um, And we have posted it on for, um, along with other statements that should be included on syllabi. Um, also about a resolution was passed just this last fall for campus mental well-being um, to ensure that there's, there's sufficient resources and, and to, to, to kind of turn the focus on the well-being of our students.
1: Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Duke's Vote podcast. We hope you enjoyed learning about deliberative bodies on campus and make sure to follow our, or subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Duke's Boat Podcast. Editing was done by Leia Surabell, Democracy Fellow for Communications in the Madison Center for Civic Engagement. Production was done by Leia Surabell and Alex Donlin, Democracy Fellow with the Madison Center for Civic Engagement. Randy Budnikus, JMU Director of Digital Marketing, provides syndication for the program. Be sure to follow us on social media. You can connect and engage with us online at JMU Civic on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Learn more about the James Madison Center for Civic Engagement at James Madison University at jmu.edu civic. We'll see you next time.